This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, time to rise up with a new episode of Off the Break Podcast, Evil Dead Rise Friday Edition. Oh, that was the the pun of it. I thought it was like we're doing this early in the morning. You guys are still it's, asleep. It's, it's a little early. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. This is 5 a.m. when we're recording. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> 5 a.m. somewhere. It might as well, well be. somewhere. It's 5 a.m. somewhere. Not not for us, though. That'd be insane. <laughs> no, we've entered the uh, what we call the doldrums of spring here, where it looks exactly like winter, except there's no snow on the ground. To cover up how <laughs> ugly it all is. Yep. How dead and barren dead. the world is. It's pretty gross, gross everyone. <laughs> so that made us in such great moods yeah. to begin with. <laughs> I know. this. this the uh, leftover snow from... Winter has melted. I found three dead birds in my yard. Very exciting. Well, um, the puppies, we were puppy sitting, found three dead birds in the yard. <laughs> so that was fun for why Ken. Is, why is there so many of them? I don't know. It kind of freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, you guys are. So there's being, I there's mean, a there's bird some, massacre There's some witchcraft happening. going on. Or... It, I mean, I think it's the neighbor's did... cat. Is, oh, that's probably is it. Is yeah. eating them and burying the evidence in our yard so that his master thinks he's perfect kitty. We yes. did get our house for free. We just had to sign away our souls, so maybe that has something to do with it. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> At our real estate prices, that's not unheard of, I think, <laughs> happening right now. I think a lot of people would be like, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a, just a soul. That, not sounds, bad. that sounds cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's Dan Cummins. He's like, yeah, you're a devil. <laughs> Speaking of giving away your soul or part of it kyle went to renfield this week how was it i'm so excited <laughs> for this i might i might feel like i'm the only one i was like please just stay in theaters one more week i will not, find time not only you're the only one that <laughs> is excited for it kyle's the only one that actually went to see it that's <laughs> i can i can tell you from the screen i was at that's about true <laughs> um, oh my gosh. which is a bummer because it was goofy but it had a nice story around it about like trying to escape from the clutches of a bad relationship like a codependency type relationship in the worst way and that part was a bit surprising but mostly just what i liked was the action that was in it um the goofy humor that was in it especially between nicholas hold and nick cage who plays dracula and of course he hams it up in the best way i wouldn't say that it's you know great but i'd say that it was good and enjoyable for what it was I so just don't know what people's expectations are i don't think the trailer lied i think it looks like a funny campy it's a campy ass movie yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's, i want that it's campy for I don't want like anything general serious mm-hmm. yeah i don't want anything serious right now yeah <laughs> and that's basically it right. that's all i need to tell you so i think you would like that movie cody oh my gosh next week next week i'm gonna sneak out <laughs> I mean, well, we got to talk about serious because I saw the uh, what we were talking earlier. I saw the Thursday numbers for Evil Dead Rise, mm-hmm. two point five million. Nice. It's going to go on to twenty five to thirty million, which yeah. is beyond what Warner Brothers' expectations were. That's well, great. I heard some estimates out there at ten million, and I thought that they were wrong. They were wrong. <laughs> yeah, that seems way too low. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that I person's mean, going to be upset come monday morning <laughs> they didn't support the movie enough but that's okay it's fine it's, it's fine. fine no they can't ever make mistakes yeah i don't know that's it's it's nice to see it that's gonna like overproduce on its opening just because i was 
kind of nervous for it just because it seemed it seemed like a good horror movie just based on right. the trailers but with the evil dead name and not really looking like an it's evil fran- dead movie franchise adjacent kind yeah, of a thing yeah franchise adjacent i wasn't too sure if anyone would like even like those who love evil dead would they want to go see it or or the trailer is going to catch their attention even for just general horror fans but looks like it's going to be on track to do that well yeah. i think the problem at least from exhibitors point of view was that the week before we got three r's um between pope's exorcist covenant and renfield yeah and um and so i mean that's like that's you know last weekend and then they didn't do great or I guess Covenants this week. Sorry. We had two R's. We wasn't, po- I wasn't going to correct you. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking nefar- <laughs> nefarious. Excuse me. I was thinking nefarious. So we just, we had so many R's. And then if you hold those over and then this week um, you add Evil Dead onto it, that's just so many R titles in a complex. And I, and I know that r- upset exhibitors because R's are okay, but you can't, you, you cannot make a feast of them. So. Yeah. I mean, after a while, if, people are only seeing R-rated movies and it's not like movies right. that are PG, PG-13, then you're only going to get a certain percentage less of a and crowd. And with Renfield really underperforming, and Pope's Exorcist did okay, but Renfield sure. really they, underperformed. They both and, underperformed. I mean, yeah, but it ten, did... They, it, neither some, one of them made $10 million. You can't say it performed. It did okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they, no, they both... It had, showed up to the party. They both it, had much bigger projections than that. Right. They I mean they... So I so you add another R this week. It was just and a horror movie on top of it, and you have, although Renfield is a horror comedy and more of a comedy, I think, than a horror. I mean, Pope's Exorcist was a horror, and then well, you, you add, can ask Kyle. He saw it. Yeah, is it more comedy than horror? Yeah, I would say so. It's not scary horror, but there's cool like special effects practical effects that whoever questioned me i know these things i know these things by just if i say it enough times no (laughs) i don't will into existence i know (laughs) she is an industry professional darn it i'm a professional you act like i don't do this job every day i have a i have she saw the trailer surprise for you that you don't know what you said nefarious is a horror film yeah it's actually a faith-based horror film yes but you knew that yeah because he (laughs) It's a demon, and then the kind of reviews I read about it coming out was that it that it kind of lulled you into marketing it as a horror film, but it's really more of a faith based film about. Oh yeah, I just saw this morning that Glenn the Beck power is of in it. Jesus's. <laughs> so it's an interesting uh, case study in what we can put on screen. <laughs> yeah, well, where I put it on screen, it did do okay. So yeah. There was some interest in it, a surprising interest in this film. Yeah, it was weird that you guys, uh, the film buyers in our office, just kept going back and forth being like, someone else is calling asking about this movie, when yeah. we're like, we don't even know what this is. Be like, I have too much product on screen. Why are There's yeah. Mario. Yeah, we're playing Super Mario Bros. Why are we worried about Nefarious? Yeah. Why are people calling about this oh, right you now? Wor- you work for the Universal Propaganda Department, too. <laughs> what other films exist? None. <laughs> None. Nothing before, after, since. There's Nothing else. There's only Mario. There's right. only Zool, yeah. <laughs> Practically. Um, anyway, was Cody, was there something that we interrupted I, you about? I'm trying to remember now. Um, I was just, I was just saying that, you know, some people underestimated, um, I think will underestimate Evil Dead going into this weekend because of that situation. It was more of a booking situation and not, 
And I think less on, you know, actually looking at the film and the merits of the film. It was just, oh no, another R title in my lineup. I really only have Mario and then five R movies. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, that that's it for Evil Dead. What do we got <laughs> as our topic du jour? Uh, there was a new study that showcased that people are willing to go to the theaters even when they know that the window for them to end up on streaming has become shorter. And basically two-thirds of the people that they studied said that the length of time uh, from theater to at-home availability has no impact on their decision-making on whether to go out to the theaters or not. And some of the reasonings were that 47% of them said it was due to the pricing that is at theaters. 38% says due to health slash safety concerns, which that number was a little high to me. I thought that was kind of surprising. And 28% says it's due to lots of movies being able to have uh, available at their home already, such as, you know, streaming services, obviously. Uh, but something that they did find out was that when it came to asking audiences to name the last movie that they saw, regardless of if it was like uh, initially only on streaming or at theaters, but then went to streaming, most of the times they have a hard time remembering. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just a good showcase that you're able to remember the theatrical experience that you had, which we're all right. in agreement that's obvious, rather than whatever you see at home, regardless of like what the movie might have been. Yeah. No, I think what's interesting about the study is a couple is a couple things. There's definitely a cost to convenience ratio here that they're trying to quantify. I don't think that it, having it what we call day and date, meaning at the same time it comes out in theaters, it's available on streaming for free, is a good model. I do think that when you have a no cost threshold on streaming, then that changes the equation a little bit. But if you have what is what we're calling PVOD, which is premium video on demand, that $20, $25 rental fee, then it puts it on parity with a theater. And I think that the, then the social aspect of the experience you get at the theater trumps that and makes that not only seeing that movie more memorable and makes you have a more positive reaction to it that you might then see it again later on streaming, um, but also just gives it that much more value if if it's on similar pricing parity i would say yeah and the 30 38 percent of health and safety concerns is there's missing a decimal point it's probably like 3.8 percent yeah it no, was such but a, nobody such cares a about crazy that. number i mean how many people do you see i mean we live in a a fairly liberal liberal place and maybe 3.8 percent of people still wearing masks would be triple what we see right it's not it, it doesn't exist anymore no i don't here. think a health and safety concern maybe like i think that's an as, easy box to check to yeah. make yourself feel good but these were reasons maybe why <laughs> maybe people it could be that. aren't going to the theater and so maybe if they're fearful of their safety it's just that they're fearful to leave their houses <laughs> i mean i could maybe see that at 38 percent. shadows are scary the outside's yeah. scary the people I, after dark are scary i also wouldn't be surprised if this was in a heavily populated area like a giant city so right. i think i think there is more people um mm -hmm. that do have those fears but even still the 38 percent does surprise me it also just depends on how many people they uh right. interviewed or where they're at. surveyed mm -hmm. as well because but we also see this in populated areas once mm -hmm. a film's available on streaming the the gross ticket numbers drop way off right 
Yeah. Because it's like, am I going to go sit in traffic and I'm going to go fight to find a parking spot? Maybe literally fight to find a parking spot. Yeah. No so kidding. there is. So versus yeah. small towns where films can hold up for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's definitely an exclusivity issue here. Um, and it all, again, we can debate um, windows and all that, but it really comes down to a product. Like, and we'll take Mario, for example. That is theater exclusive. Right now, you're going, but people want to see it in the theater. They want to take their kids to it. They want to go themselves with their friends. They This is not a at-home situation. This is something where you, it gives you a good reason to get out of the house. So the program fits into that convenience versus cost scenario. So the people that w- are worried about cost of the movie theater, they're only worried about that until they get the one piece of media or film that they want to pay money for Mm -hmm. so they may not be avid movie goers because of the cost but you put a film that they really want to see and they'll pay the money for it and to get that experience and when it's the appropriate time you know not that universal knows when that is but they'll release mario on a on peacock and on these streaming platforms and they'll make a ton of money again yeah they'll make a ton of money again because there is kind of different because there's so much entertainment options out there in the landscape nowadays there are people that are just movie people and then there are people that Mm -hmm. are just stay-at-home people and maybe they like to do other things with with their time and their money but not everybody is a moviegoer anymore you're never going to get that 100 percent you know audience so when they do release things on um, their streaming sites, you are getting a segment of the population that just will probably never go to the movie, but they're not the ones we're, we're really after. And they're not the ones that are going to go out and get and give the good positive word of mouth and tweet about it and do all the things that propel it into more profitability in the downstream streaming ecosystem. Yeah. The people that you're describing didn't want to go to movie theaters to begin with, but they thought they had to go to movie theaters. Right. Um, but now that they're realizing maybe subconsciously that they're appearing on streaming services, excuse me, streaming services that I already have. And I'm noticing that they kind of get on there quicker than normal, even though I am, I'm just a normal person doesn't understand anything about windowing that, all right, this makes it more and more easier for me to just not bother with it anymore. I always looked at those people as the want something for nothing people. And they were the people coming to the theater and not buying any concessions, not supporting the theater, just probably coming on your super saver Tuesday. So they can only spend the $5 and then you just, you don't get any return from them. They are, they are more of a, a leech and a sucker in the theater than they are, somebody that's actually going to support the theater. So I'm okay with those people. Those are the people that then the streaming is, is netting up down the road because like I said, they want something for nothing. It's the people that are in the concession line going, how is it that these prices are so expensive when they just clearly don't understand, like they have to make money somewhere. Right. They, and they know there has been stories, TikToks. It is not the best kept secret. It is easier to know things now. (laughs) <laughs> well, everybody has known that that theaters make their money on con- on concessions. So they mm-hmm. just that because they've always questioned why they were higher than they would be at the gas station. Mm-hmm. But there are reasons why, and everybody knows it, and you accept it so that you can keep that experience going. Yeah, absolutely. And everything tastes better at a movie theater. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I was that that reminds me. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they mentioned that uh, one of the hosts took their kid to 
uh, uh, Super Mario, and among the many complaints that they had at this theater that didn't sound like it was very well run, mm -hmm. they had like pre-made popcorn bagged like just on the counter, Ooh. so it wasn't oh, like fresh. Oh, I hate fresh. when they do that. It was su such a surprise for me to hear. Like I, that I'm is... the weirdo that doesn't like popcorn, but even I'm like, no, you can't do that. No, there are some poorly run theaters that will make a like... batch and then bag up the rest so that everything gets sold. Oh, I get it. It's way easier. Yeah, <laughs> it's way yeah. easier to Especially make it for ahead a large of time crowd when gathering. no one's there. But good God, I mean, you could have at least kept it in a warm in a warmer. They they have warmers where you pop it and you put it in the warmer, and at least is kept warm, and then the smell goes. But just to go and put it bagged, I mean, some theaters <laughs> bag it at the end of the night and then sell it heavily discounted for the last show to as they're leaving. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine, and that's actually people really like that option to take yeah. a bag home with them but. i'm sure that there's i mean there's people that after showing like midday they'll get a refill and then leave with it mm -hmm. so yeah. you it's know kind of the same thing one of the major chains is gonna start selling their bagged popcorn at like walmart's oh yeah wasn't it like amc yes, or something so gross i didn't want to say it but i that well, popcorn I <laughs> will never taste the same no like, no 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 and can you imagine what you have to put into that to make it taste any sort of semblance oh. like the the so, movie theater stuff it's going to be so heavily coated with everything with season, uh, yeah i can't even imagine because and it'll just never be fresh it'll be it, i don't think that's the way to endear people to your popcorn yeah it's make I them mean, come in to your establishment yeah exactly like you want like the popcorn is one of the big parts about going to the movie and you would rather sell it in a store and have them take it home instead of Coming Fresh to the theater where you have you don't, don't want know, to go electricity to their... bills you have to pay. Yeah, why don't you want them to go to your venue? I, I do love this idea that you know you would buy AMC popcorn at Walmart and then take it to an AMC theater because it's only three ninety nine and at the AMC <laughs> it's fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, and you bring it in and they're like, you can't bring that food in here. I, go, I got it from here. Yeah, it says AMC. It says yeah. AMC on the back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now, now maybe if they sold it packaged at amc like on the shelf or something like you can take yeah. it home like after a movie or something oh, no, these are like I could... a deal with walmart though what was that this is like a deal with walmart though yeah and, and they're probably getting money as a resort for it just for oh, that signing that yeah. contract but well, is... i don't know like just sell it at your own venues yeah but this is like you walmart literally have in... like 500 th store locations yeah you're a major chain of yeah. what essentially could be stores you know that you're a building next to walmart right yeah. you don't have to <laughs> this is walmart dipping its toe into the water again of movie theater stuff yeah similar to what they did with the we we're gonna do drive-ins oh yeah during the pandemic we're gonna do i forgot about that <laughs> what, what 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 was it that they did again it was like uh didn't they screen movies just was, on like the back ends of yeah, their buildings yeah. or something it, like that? A few yeah, did. Right. I don't think it worked out. And yeah. Tribeca Film Have Festival was involved, a... which is the complete opposite of Walmart. <laughs> Have you guys oh. ever been to a Walmart parking lot and saw like the back 40 of that lot or behind the building? Of any one there, of them. There is no safe place in a Walmart parking lot that you're like, I'll just take the kids and sit in the lot. <laughs> a drug deal happened while the movie was playing. <laughs> there are people living back there. Yeah. We're in their backyard right now. I living in a movie theater sounds either you know awesome for the first couple of days and then yeah. horrifying after a while. Yeah. And you can't get the smell, the popcorn smell out of you. Uh and Trebecca was involved. That's they they should be ashamed about oh, that. They one. should be so ashamed of themselves. 
I get it. It was desperate times. We all thought the industry was ending. But... Partnered with Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Not like this. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we're back to something more normal. But and, and I do think we're finding our way through the streaming world. And I do think the studios are finding out that there is money to be made here. And that windowing is important. Exclusivity is important. And, the, and a premium rental is important too i mean the grosses that we're seeing this past year have been really positive right they've yeah. been, almost been on track to 2018 2019 still, something like that they're still be- below, below obviously but... on average yeah. because while we have a big huge weekend like super mario you know there are some low weekends there are some under 100 million dollar weekends across all the films making all the money and sure. so um i think we're still not there all the way but Again, it's just all product driven. Mm-hmm. And when you get something good like a Mario, you, you're going to get people to come out. There's there's still interest there and there, there's still enthusiasm and excitement for that experience. It's just trying to keep the momentum might not be as easy as it was in the past. It might just be a lot more highs and valleys totally. to, the whole, to, the, to the whole industry. Totally. But it does feel like um, uh, uh, studios are begrudgingly but they are coming around to realizing that the theater experience matters not not the studios but the investor shareholder base is the issue that's a better way yeah you're right it's Uh, it's they it's that they know where their bread's buttered but it was convinced it was absolutely trying this during the pandemic and Mm -hmm. getting it out there and then corporation when you have a product obviously you never want a middleman between you and your consumer you want the whole pipeline of that product every part of it but media is so different that there has that that the middleman what studios need to realize is the middleman of theaters they don't take away from the from the product they're not pulling profit out of the stream they're amplifying profit in the mm. stream and i just think that in a lot of other industries that's not the case that any middleman does divert resources from the stream but in our industry, which is so different than so many others out there, it amplifies it. And it, and getting Wall Street, corporate media giants, everybody on board and creatives, everybody on board with that has always been kind of a weird thing because we never got to have the experiment of the other. We never the, – this the media companies never got to have that direct consumer experiment and the pandemic gave them that for a short time. Yeah. And they quickly, very, very quickly realized it does not work for us. Yeah, in a way, we thought that this would drag out for years, years, but it really just accelerated and became realized in a year and a half. While it accelerated at a really super scary pace for us, like, oh no, what are they doing? We're not going to have any product. It like accelerated backwards back to what we wanted at an extremely fast pace too. Yeah, I mean, the situation sucked because it was accelerated so fast that we were thinking, oh, this... I don't know, like this becomes more worrisome at a quicker rate than we realize, especially right. at a rough time for our industry. But in a way, it was also kind of a blessing for that to be realized as quickly as it became. Yeah, and I like I like um, surveys and studies like this that just quantify that. It's quantifying what we all knew, um, you know, just on a certain level, like what we all kind of surmise, but yeah. it's just putting it in quantifiable numbers that are like, hey – you're not losing profit. You are actually, your profit is being amplified by this value that we add through our experience. Totally. All right. Do we have anything else to add on? 
no, I think I'm ready for the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the rest of us are too. And hopefully it becomes a good one. I mean, we've mentioned Mm -hmm. Evil Dead coming out this weekend. Seems to be like it'll be good. But of course, all of our attention is on Super Mario Bros. anyway. So probably being number one again. Yeah, probably be number one. Number one for the next two weeks. And then it's going to get destroyed by Guardians. And that's a really good run for a film. You know, four solid weeks into... Four weeks of number one is yeah. not something we see very often anymore. No, no. That's really solid for them. Yeah, yeah. Definitely oh, is. And Oh, we, you go. We Kenny. don't want to forget Guy Ritchie's Covenant, which yes. I thought came out last he weekend. It's coming out week. this weekend. <laughs> yeah. It's coming out. I hope it's good. But yeah, good counter-programming for adults who third. don't want to have a, a sugar rush. A fifth R. <laughs> who needs it's it? The third MGM title? MGM, M1. Yes. Yeah, yes. after Creed and Air. Yeah. Creed, Air, and... Covenant looks good, too. Covenant. Yeah. No, it's just nice to see them pumping these things out. I mean, three movies and in, they're solid. in two months. Yeah. I mean, they're not. I mean, you can't. Oh, thank God do... they didn't put that Dennis Quaid movie in. Wings on a Prayer. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> that was. Wings on a Prayer. Oh. A prayer. I, I saw the trailer for that again and I was like, this is not a theater movie. <laughs> Dennis Quaid's hard to look at. So these days, yeah. Getting, getting a little rough around those edges. Age can be there's, there's, no, there's no edges anymore. Things <laughs> yeah. are getting pulled a little. They're getting, <laughs> they are. They're getting rounded and smoothed out. I guess he already knows then. Huh, yeah. Weird. <laughs> all right. Uh, but to all of our listeners, have a great weekend. Uh, hope you are able to make great money off of Mario again, but also all the other titles that yeah. we mentioned. Evil Dead, Covenant. It'll be a good weekend. Oh, yeah. All right. So we'll be back next week, and everyone have a great weekend. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Off The Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at ScreenInsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off The Break Podcast.